Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today we are reading 2 Kings 23, but before we jump in, I've got a quick announcement. If you've got your phone or your calendar, I want you to mark down December 3rd at 5.30 p.m. because we are, Join the Journey is, taking over the 5.30 p.m. prayer service on December 3rd, the prayer gathering, and that's really going to be a sweet time for all of us who've been listening to the podcast from all parts of uh Dallas, I guess, on the way to work, on the way home from work, on the way to school, sitting in the parking lot, the carpool lines, wherever you find yourself when you're listening to Join the Journey. We're going to come together in person on December 3rd to pray and thank God for all that He's taught us this past year and pray expectantly for all that He will do through Join the Journey next year. So again, that's December 3rd at 5.30 p.m. Save the date. You don't want to miss it, but that's then. Today— I am in the podcast with today's Devo writer, Mr. Aaron Dutton. Hello, glad to be here. And Aaron, you brought somebody with you. You're not I alone. Did. Who's I here? Did. My beautiful wife, Robin. Hey, hey. <laughs> Robin, it's fun to have y'all. I thought it'd be sweet if y'all just shared a little bit about your story. How'd you meet? You're married now, but you haven't been married for that long. No, we're pretty much newlyweds still. We're about at a year and a half, just barely. Yeah, we got married in May of 2022. I had to say that right. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Robin, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about y'all's story. So I think it's really fun. So I was actually on staff at a different church, and I was basically the single community um, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. So found as, out, in, as in you were the only one or you I were leading? I was one this? of just a few people, okay. and there wasn't actually anything for us. Got you. And so that was just that season of life there, but it was awesome in other ways. Mm-hmm. But I was like— I need some single friends in my demographic, heard about Gather, and showed up. It was post-COVID, and so we were in groups. And I walked into my group, and I see Aaron, who's our group leader, running circles around the group. And I was like— Physically running circles? Physically running circles. (laughs) It was kind of awesome. And I was like, he seems fun. And then he sat down, he led our group, and he had some super silly things to say, but also really deep, insightful things to say. Mm. And I was like— you intrigue me. <laughs> and so I found myself putting a little more extra effort into every Wednesday night to looking good when I came together. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> People were definitely making fun of me at my other church. They're like, oh, look. You have something tonight. <laughs> uh-huh. So it was a fun thing. And we just started to get to know each other. And I kept hoping I would get to talk to him after every week. And slowly that actually happened more and more until he finally asked for my phone number. Yeah, fun Aaron. Story. Aaron, yeah. What was that like? Oh, um, okay. So. Uh, <laughs> we were we. She was in my group, and uh, we started to get to know one another. And one of the things that we connected on this is this is so cool because like she's from Oakland and I'm from San Francisco, so we Ooh, both were cool. born in the Bay Area. She grew up in the Bay Area. I, I was born there, and I, but we moved away. And yeah, um, but uh, we connected. Well, what really got my attention was the fact that um, my family, just north of San Francisco, there's a small town called Guerneville, and it's just. Like cabins, you know, it's up in the mountains on the Russian River, blah, blah, blah. So peaceful. Yeah, it's very nice. And uh, my family used to have a cabin up there in Guerneville. Well, she told me her family has a cabin in Guerneville. I'm like, it's like, oh, my gosh. And what are the so, chances? Yeah. Also, my friends in Oakland didn't know where Guerneville was, so it's not like a well-known area. Okay. 
Yeah, so we both started to bond over that because I'm like, oh, we have this connection. And then come to find out that where my cabin was and her cabin was just a couple miles down the road. And wow. we could have been— Your whole lives. Yeah, we uh-huh. could have been in, on Johnson's Beach on the Russian River swimming at the same time and not even known it and all stuff. So we connected on that, and then we started finding we had a lot of other things in common and stuff like that. And um, I had been single— most uh, all my life practically and you know like i was very content being single but then all of a sudden she comes into my life and all of a sudden like i'm very interested now (laughs) this person is pretty awesome i need to get to know this person better and uh so we started running around hanging out in the same group of friends and um eventually I, i got her number and then on my birthday we were talking about birthdays and I said, um, I was like, yeah, I don't really make a big deal on my birthday. It's, that was not acceptable to me. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> another day for me. And then I said, I got I got a good idea. How about just you and I go out for dinner for my birthday? And uh, so that's what we did. Our first— Your first date? Unofficial date. Okay. Was, mm-hmm. We weren't officially dating. <laughs> Our first unofficial was date was my birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a really good time. Which is December 18th. I want to follow that by California had closed for COVID again. So oh. our second date was Christmas Eve. Because you couldn't go home. I couldn't go home. So our second date, Christmas Eve, Christmas lights. He brought hot chocolate stuff. And then we went to the 11 p.m. service here at Watermark. Wow. And then our third date was Christmas. You know, let's just start off small. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, on that note, <laughs> and the rest is history. Because yes, now you're married. Yes. We are in Second Kings 23. Speaking of history. Speaking of <laughs> oh, history. <yeah. laughs> and Aaron, I'm going to kick it to you. What are some of your takeaways from this passage? Okay, well, Second uh, Kings 23 is talking about um, King Josiah, who was the king of Judah. Um, and this chapter basically just covers his religious reforms and, and how he brings Israel to, or Judah, to celebrate Passover. Um, but I think understanding better about Josiah, just I had to, like, under, to read the, the chapter that came before in uh, chapter 22. And one thing that stood out to me was that um, he uh, he followed the Lord. He followed the example of his ancestor, David. And he did not turn away from doing what was right. In the ESV, it says he didn't turn from left or right. And so that was like he was completely devoted hmm. to the Lord and what he understood. And then, of course, you know, he starts raising money to rebuild the temple. And all of a sudden, they find the word of the Lord. And when he hears it, it's read to him. He tears his robes in contrition. He is remorseful, uh, knowing that how Judah and how Israel have, have sinned, how far they've fallen, everything like that. And so in chapter 23, he starts initiating um, all these religious reforms. And he starts talking about, um, he starts tearing down all the altars of Baal and Asherah, um, mm-hmm. starts cleaning house. And he just immediately does that. And then, of course, then the chapter culminates with them celebrating Passover. So one of the things that really got to me was in, in the first part of the chapter, uh, it says he he pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all his commands, laws, and decrees with all his heart and soul. In this way, he confirmed all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll. And and then the other thing that stood out to me was, and all the people around him, they pledged to do the same. And then, um, so I thought that that stuck out to me because you know he kings obviously set the spiritual tone of the 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 country. And so when you, when Israel had a bad te- uh, bad team bad king. Uh, when Israel had a bad king, you know, then like they would introduce idolatry and people would fall into sin. And then of course, you know, God would bring um, ju- some kind of judgment. Uh, but when they had good kings, you know, they would lead them to like the true worship of the Lord, you know. And then and then the finally the, the chapter ends with them celebrating Passover. And what really stuck out about this one is that they celebrated this Passover 
like they had never celebrated Passover before. Like this was most this this Passover when it was celebrated most closely aligned with what was outlined in the Mosaic law. And never in all of Israel's like 400 year history had they ever celebrated a Passover like that. And then of course, you know, the chapter ends how Josiah you know, as you know, we talk about like Solomon, we talk about David, but this chapter ends with talking about like Josiah. It's like there was never a king like him before, mm. and so those were some of my key takeaways. Key takeaways from from this chapter. I love it. I yeah. love it, Robin. What about you? I think all of those things, but also I really kind of focused in on how big repentance was. Mm. So I thought that was really interesting that. He took all the idols out of the temple. He tore down the high places. There was no room for sin to still stay. So it's like, as our hearts turn, what does that look like for us to sweep the house of anything in our lives that's causing us to still sin? Even like when he tore down the uh, one of the temples, that no one might burn his son or his daughter as an offering to Molech. Yeah. Like that was that extreme. So they tore those down so it wasn't even a possibility. But it, the, the fact that they had drifted so far, that people were burning their children. I crazy. can't even fathom that. Yeah. But in that moment, he made sure all of those were destroyed. So there was no room left to stray from what God had for them. Like it was this ruthless elimination of sin. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, how do we do that in our hearts, in our own lives to go, how do we destroy the idols? We don't leave things in there. We ruthlessly take them out so that we can follow the Lord with all of our heart and soul. So good. What would y'all say is our application from this chapter? How do we live differently because of what we read? If you were going to challenge the listeners to respond personally. I think if I were to challenge listeners, it's know the Word of God. Hmm. The Word of God is exactly what changed Josiah's life. It's that moment that he goes, oh my word, we have strayed. Mm-hmm. And that changes it so that he's repentant, he brings other people to repentance, and it changes his heart and soul, but he had to know the word of God. Right. That's so good, Robin. I think as we get ready to start reading Ezra and Nehemiah as a church, it's a great reset to say, hey, Am I am I committed to this reading plan? Am I tracking along? If so, who can I invite to join in with me? Who can mm-hmm. read with me? Those are short books. It's like, hey, I'm going to read the Bible for five days. We're going to be in Ezra. Jump in with me. Let's do it together. And it's a good, oh, I love like that. A good, fun application. Aaron, anything you'd add or you feel good? Uh, yeah, I think uh, when I was reading this, the application actually came to down to like asking myself some kind of questions. And I Mm. think that we should all ask those kind of questions too. Just like Josiah, when we hear the word of God, how do we respond? Does it, um, are we convicted when we hear the word of God? Do we do like Josiah do and like hear that word and start cleaning house and making our lives more aligned to what God is telling us? Does it deeper our, does it deepen our affections for the Lord the more that we spend time and study God's word? That's so good. It's like, does our pursuit of God's word increase our desire for holiness and righteousness? And does our pursuit of God's word increase our desire for God himself? It's awesome. Thank you two for being here. Always fun to have a married couple join us. Oh, this has been so much fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. You're welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. 
The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.